Rome uh, is, uh, you know, if you want to look at the story of Rome, it's the beginning of war. I've been reading Livy recently, Livy's history of the Rome of the Romans, starting in the third in the fourth century B.C. Rome is in a constant condition of aggression and occasionally self-defense, uh, and it understands that to be what Rome should be. It comes out very clearly. It would be the Romans who came up first with the idea that war is the health of the state. Uh, it's very interesting to see how um, Scooter Libby, Paul Wolfowitz, Douglas Feith, uh, and some of the other neocons uh, scoundrels who've been in Washington were students of Livy. Uh, and I think it was uh, Scooter Livy who studied with Leo Strauss at the University of Chicago. Uh, and Strauss was one of the uh, uh, warrior intellectuals who said America should not give up on its hopes of world empire. Uh, something that uh, all these men who never went to war uh, have been promoting, although they're scuttling away with their tails between their legs blaming Donald Rumsfeld right now. So uh, along the Silk Road in northeast Af Afghanistan uh, is the Bamiyan Valley. Uh, in the Bamiyan Valley, uh, which is in the mountains, and it's kind of like being somewhere in Nevada, uh, during the era when that whole part of the world was Buddhist, 6th, 7th, 8th century AD, the world's largest Buddha images were carved out of a cliff, the Bamiyan Buddhas, which probably you've heard of. Uh, I'm going to read a poem I wrote uh, about the Bamiyan Buddhas, uh, which first comes into historical record, you know, in anything that we can read, uh, from the pilgrimage of the Chinese monk Xuanzang, who walked from China to India, stayed there 20 years and then walked back, uh, and who walked by the Bamiyan Buddhas and made some account of them. This has been translated from uh, medieval Chinese into English. After, after Bamiyan. I'm going to read this and two more little poems. March 2001. The Chinese Buddhist pilgrim, Xuan Song, this isn't a poem, this is prose and poetry mixed, uh, described the giant, gleaming, painted, carved out Buddhist Buddhas standing in their stone cave niches at the edge of the Bamiyan Valley as he passed through there on foot on his way to India in the 7th century. Last week, they were blown up by the Taliban. Not just by the Taliban, but by woman and nature-denying authoritarian worldviews that go back much farther than Abraham. Dennis Dutton sent this little poem around. Not even under mortar fire do they flinch. The Buddhas of Bamiyan take refuge in the dust. May we keep our minds clear and calm in the present moment and honor the dust. April 2001 from a man who writes about Buddhism. Dear Gary, well, yes, but the manifest Buddhist teachings are intrasamsaric and will decay. 
I wrote back, ah, yes, impermanence. But this is never a reason to let compassion and focus slide or to pass off the suffering of others because they are merely impermanent beings. Issa's haiku goes, Tsuyu no yo wa, tsuyu no yo nagara, sarinagara. This dewdrop world is but a dewdrop world, and yet. That, and yet, is our perennial practice, and maybe the root of the Dharma. A person who should know better wrote, <laughs> Many credulous and sentimental Westerners, I suspect, were upset by the destruction of the Afghan Buddha figures because they believe that so-called Eastern religion is more tender-hearted and less dogmatic. So, is nothing sacred? Only respect for human life and culture, which requires no divine sanction and no priesthood to inculcate it. The foolish veneration of holy places and holy texts remains a principal obstacle to that simple realization. This is another case of blame the victim, I answered. Buddhism is not on trial here. The Bamiyan statues are part of human life and culture, works of art, being destroyed by idolaters of the book. Is there anything credulous in respecting art and religion and culture from the past? Counting on the tender-heartedness of most Buddhists, you can feel safe in trashing the Bamiyan figures as though the Taliban weren't doing a good enough job. I doubt you would have the nerve to call for launching a little missile at the Kaaba. There are people who would put a hit on you, and you know it. That was Christopher Hitchens that I had that exchange with. September 2005. The men and women who died at the World Trade Center together with the Buddhas of Bamiyan take refuge in the dust. Loose on earth. A tiny spark or the slow-moving glow on a fuse creeping toward where ergs held close in petrol, saltpeter, mine gas, buzzing minerals in the ground are waiting, held tight in a few hard words, in a dark mood, in an old shame. Humanity said Jeffers, is like a slow explosion on the planet. We are loose on Earth. Half a million years, our weird blast spreading. And after, rubble, millennia to weather, soften, fragment, sprout, and green again. And finally, this little poem, falling from a height, holding hands. Uh, 
someone caught a photograph of a couple falling from one of the World Trade Towers, having leapt out on their own accord, actually, probably, holding hands as they fell. What was that? Storms of flying glass and billowing flames. A clear day to the far sky. Better than burning, hold hands. We will be two peregrines diving all the way down. Thank you.